What is prayer? Stale tradition? Ritual? A good luck charm? Part of some religious checklist? Done to appease a higher being so we can get what we want? Or at least avoid the lightning bolt? Prayer has been redefined and twisted and confused. But at its essence, prayer is simply talking to God. The God who spoke the universe into creation, who gives us life and breath, who holds all things together. This God wants us to talk to him. In the vastness of all that exists, he actually cares about us, personally, individually. How can we not pray to such a loving God, wherever we are, how can we not thank him for what he's done or cry out when we need help, when we need forgiveness, when we're afraid, when we give thanks for our blessing or question where our next meal will come from? Why would we live a life apart from him? It's not about formula. How could any posture or well-chosen word impress the author of time and space? Simple obedience. God has made himself available to us. He wants to hear from us. He wants us to trust in him, to acknowledge our dependence on him, to draw near to the one who loved us first. Approaching with confidence because Christ has torn away the veil. He's washed away the sin that kept us from his presence. And we live in relationship with our Lord. And so we ask that his kingdom come, his will be done on earth and in our lives as it is in heaven. That is prayer. If you didn't know what that video was saying and you just listened to how that girl said it, you would think, well, that's got to be important. Because, man, she really goes like this a lot. And prayer is like, she is really feeling it. Um, last week, just want to remind you, as we're in week two of On Earth, Teach Us to Pray, we looked at Matthew 6, 9 through 13, which is the Lord's Prayer. And uh, this is the, the prayer, as a lot of us have known it and a lot of us have read it. And what I talked about is that uh, when Jesus was asked in the midst of all of these religious leaders uh, how to pray, that he started off with the words, our father, which is him saying, daddy. And that shocked those that were around going, wow, you can really talk to God very informally. And I told you, we could pray any way. You could come like a little child comes to their father and says, please, can I this, whatever. You can talk any way in a very relaxed, informal, confident manner. And when you take these words, we can pray any way. There's a lot of different ways you can interpret that. You know, what does that mean for you? How would you talk to God? What would you say to God? What are the words that you would use? And so this week, we had some people um, that really took that, um, you might say, after watching this, a little too far. Hey guys, thanks for coming out. I say we start with uh, prayer, so let's let's bow our head. And who would like to uh, who would like to start? Ooh, ooh, ooh. I, I've got some prayers for you all. I mean, um, no, for Jesus. <laughs> 
Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, God, it's me, your servant, here, um, just making sure you heard that the Johnsons have to move. Mm. Because their son's got sticky fingers, right? We all know, I mean, you know, Jesus, that he stole those candy bars from the Dollar General, you know? I just pray that he didn't walk those sticky fingers down to our place and steal from our safes. So, that's just, that's just what I wanted to pray for, just so everybody knows. That's it. Amen. Dearest Heavenly Father, thine blessings overflow with thine mercies. Thou hast offered up a hedge of protection in a bounty that overflows from the trumpet's cries, Lord. Bequeath thine inheritance forevermore unto the reckoning, forevermore unto us, in thy overpowerful name. Amen. Just dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just... Love you so much, God. God, we just pray uh, for everybody here, Lord, that they would just have uh, your grace and your mercy through. Just, Lord, pray for, pray for the Wilsons, God, as they're going through. not representative of us in our prayer life, but it does sound more like the Wilsons. Mm, oh, Father God. I just, mm, 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 I got a good prayer. Um, Father God, we just, uh, I just come to you right now with, Probably need a little bit more information there, but that's okay. Prayers that just, woo, lift up, lift, I just want to lift up the, the people in this room. Just boo, 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 each and every one of them. And Lord, we just, we just launch these prayers up to you like a rocket. Just kind of like, God, Lord, I just lift up, Lord, these people in this room, Father God. Lord, Father God, lead us. God, I pray that you just lead us. You lead us. You lead us, Father God, Lord, Father God, through this week, God. We pray that you work, you know, you work in our lives, Father God, Lord, Father God, that you would just lead us and work and in our lives and in our work and in our lives, Father God, Lord. Just, Father God, lead us. Mm. Thine word be truth. That is not a word. Lead us, Father God, Lord. Amen.
gonna have to talk and pray a little louder. Wake up, Ernest! Omaha Beach! You know, I, I can't, I can't hear anything that she's saying. Can you repeat that? She said amen. She said amen. I'll, I'll go now. Lord, I just pray for my husband Jerry and his flaky rash. Lord, you know how it's on his, okay, so you know how Lord, his, the rash is on his, like, backside, and every time he moves, his shirt rubs against it, and it flakes off and gets on the floor? Lord, I just pray that you clear that up. So how'd you get that rash again? Oh, really? Interesting. And the doctor said that? Ooh. Um, and then the, the redness of the, the way it's just, it, he itches. I got pictures, Lord Jesus. Let me show you pictures. Okay, okay. No? all right. Done? That's, okay. I think that's good. Uh, Lord, I'm so sorry for this. There are a lot of different ways that people pray, and as silly as it may be to kind of take it to its extreme, I believe that God is listening and hearing all of those types of prayers and the different ways that we kind of approach God. And uh, this week, um, I want to take us to a little bit more of this, this, this amazing reality and, and opportunity that we have to talk to our Heavenly Father. Uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, my wife and I decided that we were going to uh, build one of those playgrounds for our kids in the backyard. And so in order to do this, I knew that um, it was going to be quite a project, and I had to make sure I stayed in the rules of the neighborhood and, and do all the, the right things. And I found out by having a conversation with someone in our neighborhood that the, that the, um, that the actual playground, whatever we put back there, had to be fastened in the ground. And so that meant that I was going to have to dig footers and pour concrete and anyone that knows me knows that that's like the moment I like jump ship I'm like and we're not going to do this but I knew I wanted to do this and it was really a big kind of request uh, the kids wanted it and Katie wanted it I'm like man we need to we need to do this and so I called my friend up uh, my friend Wes and uh, for those of you who don't know Wes Wes is on our team here he's on our leadership team here and he's also the basement doctor so he is a structural engineer, and the backyard in my, our house has a, a slope on it. And I thought, man, I really need to make sure that I do this right, and I don't know how to level this thing and do all that stuff. So I call him up on the phone. I'm like, hey, man, I got this project. I'm going to get one of those wood swing sets and put it in my backyard. And he's like, dude, that's going to take us like five days. And I'm like, what? And he's like, it's going to take a lot. And I'm like, okay, well, will you help me? And he's like, yeah, I'll help you. I'll help you do it, but it's going to take time. It's going to be a process that we go through. And I was like, okay, well, all right. And so then the weather came. It got really bad two weekends ago. You know, it's like nothing's changed. It was bad a couple weekends ago. And then that next Monday, I was like, hey, man, like, this thing is coming this week. Like, can we do it? So I call him again on the phone. Like, can you, can you come and help me when this thing gets set up? And he's like, so is it here yet? And it was kind of like I felt bad, like I'm asking him for help. I'm like, I really need you to, to help me do this. And what's your schedule like? And so um, two days later, he called me on the phone. He said, okay, 6 a.m., Friday morning, we're starting. He's like, you need to go. You need to uh, get it all set up. You need to clear out your garage. And, and we need to lay all of it out in the garage. And we're going to take that whole day. And I have till like 11 that day. And so we took this thing uh, apart. The thing got delivered, and it was half of the garage full of boxes. So he got there, and we went through this process, man. And the first day, we spent like seven hours working on it because he left and then came back. And we got it to a point where, like, the main part was built. 
And then he had to come over the next day. We had to add more pieces. And then I had to call some, my, my brother over, and uh, we had to carry this thing from the driveway all the way around the back, the main section. Then, and, and, and then the next day, uh, it was raining and sleeting, and we had to dig these holes in the ground to level the thing. And I'm, like, out there, like, just, like, this is the worst experience of all time. Like, my hands still hurt. I'm sad. But, like, I'm doing, like, the post hole digger and, like, digging this thing out. And we had to dig, like, five holes that were, like, 30 inches deep. And it's, like, sleeting on us. And so the whole time, like, Wes and I are working, and, and he's just like, hey, you need to go over there, and you hold that up. You need to put something underneath that, and then like this, and get the level. Is it level, and this and that, and go get the seven-inch lag bolts. And we just, like, really, like, our relationship went from, like, I know this guy really well. We've been working together for, like, four years. I love this, like, Wes with all my heart. But, man, after this process, we know each other really well. Like, he's bossing me around, telling me what to do, calling me a sissy, like, and it's just like, man, like our relationship went from like pseudo-formal to like really informal. And he's just telling me what to do. And throughout the process of building this thing, we have gotten to know each other more. And I've enjoyed it dramatically. And even yesterday, we worked on it more. Two days ago, we worked on it more. We had to add the swing part to it and pour more footers. And the whole time, I'm just sitting there thinking like, it's so cool that I get to do this with my friend. Because it's honestly not even done yet. Like this is like, it still has monkey bars that go on and a slide. And it's got like, like a fence that goes around and a canopy and all that stuff. But like it's not even done. But I got to tell you like the process of doing this with Wes has been so cool. And our relationship has changed, changed dramatically just because I asked him to help me with the project. And I believe that this relationship, this, this idea of working together on something says a lot about prayer. When Jesus teaches his, the disciples the Lord's Prayer, he follows it up with a story about prayer, and this is what it says. It says, then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked, and my children are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. What Jesus is trying to show the disciples about prayer here is that we have a God who's completely different than most of our friends. Like, take your best friend and think about what it would take to ask them to do something in the middle of the night or ask them to do something like a big project, like building this thing in your back. Like, it's a big process. And when I started asking Wes, like, hey, will you come and help me? I felt like I was asking him to do a lot. And even the best of friends, if you kind of bug them a little bit, they'll help you out. And that's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, you know, your friends 
they're going to struggle like to help you. And in this story, what you have is you have a guy who lives in a, in a room, you know, 2,000 years ago, the way that the houses were. It's just one room. All the kids are laying like in the same bed for warmth. And if you open the door, everybody wakes up and ultimately like the friend goes to his friend and says, I need help because I have a friend that needs help and I'm coming to you and you're my last resort. And a friend, a close friend, would still struggle because it's like, man, am I going to help them or am I going to put my family and wake them all up and make them cold? And what Jesus is saying is like, a friend is going to act that way and I am the opposite of that. Like, you can come to me with anything at any time and you can ask me for stuff. This is the foundation of our relationship. When he says shameless audacity, the idea there is that he's saying like, you do not pray to become worthy of me. You pray because you are worthy of me. We are in a relationship. You are experiencing with me as your God the best possible friendship you could ever have. So if you've been afraid with other friends, even your best friend, you don't have to be with me. I'm going to respond and just say, how can I help you? How can I open my door for you? That's me. I'm God. Even your best friends would almost meet that in, under the worst circumstances, but I will meet that because I'm your friend and I love you. What Jesus goes on to do is he starts to describe a praying process. He's describing this praying process in the next section. And ultimately what Jesus is describing, which is something that is a buzzword and kind of became a buzzword and then now is not a buzzword because we've said it so much, but it's so critical in terms of prayer, is Jesus goes on to describe in the next passage a relationship. So he says, because of shameless audacity, your friend would do it. How much more would God not help you if you asked him for something? And then he goes like this. He says, so I say to you, and you've heard this maybe before. You might have heard this in a song or you might have heard someone say this. So I say to you, disciples, if you want to learn how to pray, ask. Ask me. Come and ask me. And it will be given to you. Seek. Seek me out. Go on a journey. Go on through a process of relationship and you will find it. Knock and the door will be open. Jesus describes a process. He describes a relationship. He goes, you guys, the way that I want this to work is if you would go to your friend in the middle of the night, that idea says everything. It's your friend. You have a relationship with them. The process, go and ask them. Jesus is saying, just keep on asking me. Just keep on seeking me out. Just keep on knocking and I will lead you and I will go on this journey with you. I will help you. Now here's the part that gets a little tricky because a lot of us get to the point where we ask, seek, knock in prayer when we're really, really in need of something. And I believe that God allows us, and in this process we have needs, but ultimately the needs are just a means to an end for God. He wants a relationship with us. He's not there to just supply a yes or a no or give us what. He wants to go on a journey. He wants to be your friend all the time. So he knows that a lot of times because of faith, we don't even recognize God's existence. So we have these needs, and he goes, yep, I'm there for that. 
I'm there if you, if you want your needs filled. I'm there if you want that. But ultimately, I want way more than just to be the guy that like, gives you bread in the middle of the night when you have a problem. I want you to ask all the time. I want you to seek me all the time. I want you to knock all the time. I want to go on a journey with you. And the cool part is, if you look at the second part of this verse, this is when Jesus describes the product. And this is the part where we get a little messed up because we don't read the whole thing and we, don't, we miss this whole concept of friendship and relationship. He says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will, will be open. For everyone who asks, receives. He's like, look, come and ask me and I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you something. He goes, go ahead. And if you seek, you're gonna find it. I'm God, I'm your best friend. Like, like I'm gonna give you what you need. I'm gonna help you. I'm your friend. And he says, then go ahead and knock and the door will be opened. And here's the thing that like I have found that's so important and so critical in terms of prayer is that the process of prayer, it trumps the product of prayer. They're like, we want the product. Like, we want things our way, and we have our needs, and we have our wants. And God is going like, you don't even understand your needs and your wants the way that I do. But here's the deal. You come and constantly ask, constantly seek, constantly knock, constantly spend time with me, go on a journey with me. I'm about relationship. You see, in the context, Jesus starts off, right, if we look at this story, Jesus teaches us to pray. He starts off, when you pray, say this. Say, Father. As soon as they heard Father, they went, Father? So this is like a continual relationship thing. Yes, it is. This is something that you enter into that doesn't go away, a relationship. Then he starts off the second piece of it going, suppose a friend. A friend? Yeah, a father and a friend. Relationship. He is telling all of us, I am way more interested in you for you than just giving you what you want and what you think you get by having a relationship with me. Prayer is more about relationship than results. See, see a lot of us like hear this and go, wait a minute, wait a minute. Doesn't it say that if we ask, he'll give it to us? Yes, it does. Doesn't it say that if, he, if we seek, we'll find? Yes, it does. Doesn't it say that if we knock, we'll be open? So Joel, doesn't that mean that if we seek and ask a lot and we pray that God will always give us what we want? No. No. He doesn't say ask and exactly what you want will be given to you. You see, the way God works is exactly, if you want to just like break it down very simply, is the same way a father works. Hey, I want that. Well, just because you want that doesn't mean you get that. But I'm not here to just supply your wants. I actually want to spend time with you. And then theologically, what we see is that God has proven over and over again that even if you have the greatest faith, even if you ask with the most intentional consistency, that that does not always get you what you want or what you think you need. God is in the business of shaping your needs and wants through the process of relationship. And so there's two, two great examples of this in the scriptures. There's a guy named Paul who wrote 13 of the 27 books of the New Testament. He had one of the most miraculous interactions with God that has ever been recorded. He was a persecutor of Christians. He murdered Christians, put them in jail at the beginning of the century after Jesus left. 
And then God met him, and he had this miraculous change where God said, I want you to now go, and I want you to teach the Gentiles and the world about how wonderful Jesus Christ is. And the scriptures actually lead us to believe, if we look in in certain passages, that Paul spent intimate, one-on-one time with Jesus. That like Paul like in Jesus had a really tight relationship. And that his faith in Jesus was one of the strongest faiths there were. Because he saw him in a certain sense, he experienced him, and ultimately, if he's the guy that God used to write half of the New Testament, man, don't you think that this guy, if anyone, when he would pray and ask for specific things, that he would get exactly what he asked for. If there was ever a candidate for that, Paul would be that. We learn in the scriptures that at one point, Paul had a problem, a really serious problem. And it says in the Bible that he pleaded with God three times to remove away the problem. And God's answer was no. He said no. What does this say? He said no to Paul. Paul, did you ask for the wrong thing? Did you, did you, did you not have a close enough relationship with God? Do you not have enough faith, Paul? None of that. God is not in the business of just giving us results. God is in the business of relationship. Just giving us the results we want would make us view God as not who he really is, who is a heavenly father, who's the best friend, who's someone that he wants to walk through life with and who wants you to depend upon him to know your needs better than you know your needs. Paul pleaded, what does this say? This says that if you're in a time of prayer, if you're in a time of pleading, if you're in a time of brokenness, if you're in a time of want, that that might be right where God has you because he's going, in this, you're seeking me more. Our relationship is developing more through the pleading, not just the product. I mean, the, the ultimate story of this is Jesus Christ who he went to the Garden of Gethsemane before he was going to go to a, a, a cross and he was going to be crucified and brutally beaten and, 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 and murdered. And he knew that his, his experience in the next 12 hours was going to be horrific, excruciating. And he went to God and he fell on the ground and he, he pleaded with God. He was so afraid that he sweat his own blood. He was so nervous. And if there's anyone that understood the nature of God, isn't it his son? Anyone that you think that if he went to him and said, I I just need to get a result. I just need to get a product. Can I just get what I want from this? Because you know, like this whole ask, seek, knock thing, like you and me, we wrote that together, right? Like, so like, how about I come to you and then we like change the destiny and the way things are gonna end up. God, please, Jesus says, will you take this cup from me. Will you please take it from me? I have faith in you. I want a different result. If I just pray, I'm asking, I'm seeking, I'm knocking. And God says, no. You see, where we get messed up, it's like we find ourselves in this interesting twist of emotion and desire where we're looking for things and then the looking for things brings us to connect with God and God is going, this is what I want. And at times I'll give you what you think you need, but at times I'll give you what I know you need. And ultimately it's all about the process. 
One of the things that's interesting about the process is that when God at times, through the process, through the relationship, gives us the results that we want, it's, it's incredible, isn't it? It's remarkable. We know God provided. We know he did something. We asked him specifically. And if you're like me, you've had times when he said no, 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 no. And then when he finally says yes, you're like, oh, whoa. There's a story of a swim coach who had these, these swimmers who, when they would swim, they would do their turns. And after the turns, the swim coach would either give them a thumbs up or a thumbs down. And when they wouldn't do their turns right, she would give them a thumbs down. So they would kind of look out of the water and go, well, we got to do it better next time. We got to do it better next time. And some of the parents didn't like that the coach was giving their kid a thumbs down. Like, can you not use a thumbs down? Can you just like, can you just kind of like go like this? Like, just like, eh, could be better. Kind of soften. This is like the whole philosophy of like no red ink on grading papers. Let's not tell our kids that they did it wrong, which is a whole other commentary. But let, let's, just, let's just talk about the way God views it. So, so this coach said, no, I'm not going to not tell them thumbs down when they don't do it right. Because what happens when we don't say thumbs down when they do it wrong is we're stealing from the thumbs up. Because the beauty of thumbs down tells us how great it is when finally we got what God, what we think we need. But when we go and God says no, it's really difficult. And we seek him more, and the relationship continues to drive. And then the contrast of thumbs down and thumbs up is unbelievable. And there's just nothing like your dad, your friend, going, okay, yes. But you understand that, like, the whole deal with products, the whole deal with results, is just a piece of this thing. But that prayer is more about a relationship than results. And so God will at times, Rick Warren said this, he will at times get you on your back to make you look up. And there are times where God in his plan, he kind of moves and changes and shifts things. But my challenge to you today is that Jesus says, ask, seek, knock. He's saying, would you start a continual interaction with God? that transcends the results that is about relationship. Let me just give you a couple little uh, thoughts about relationship. And you might have heard this stuff in prayer before about having your prayer time and having your, your time alone with God and meditating and maybe reading the scripture. And that, that's all part of this. Um, but I want to give you three things that I, I've kind of learned about, about the process being more important than the product, about the relationship being more important than results. Your relationship will improve when you build it on love. You see, like, it's a relationship. Okay, so if you are, are like anyone else, are caught into the trap of you forget about God, you don't talk about God, and it's hard, right, because it takes faith. Like, you don't see him, so when everything's okay, you're like, I don't need to talk to him right now. Then things go bad, and you're like, God, I need you. And you know what? God is actually okay with that. Like, he, he can handle it. He knows how you are. He, you can still go talk to him when you haven't talked to him in a long while. That's like, that's like the part of this. Okay, you can still go back. He's not gonna be like, hey, where have you been? He's gonna be like, hey, I'm glad. Come on in. Yeah, I've been waiting. I've been waiting for you. Come on in here and talk to me. But the relationship piece, if you wanna really 
have this thing that is more about relationship than results, then what you have to do is get to that point where like what is driving you in the relationship is your love for God. Your love for him. That maybe the beginning of your prayer, the beginning of your time, the beginning of your day is about how much you recognize the goodness of God. That you come to him and go, God, I love you. You just, you've made my life so much better. You've changed me. You've taught me. I love you. I'm infatuated with you and who you are. You see, making it about love takes results and products and pushes them to the side because it's like, God, here's the deal. No matter what happens over here, I love you. I love you for you. And you are good, and I love you because you love me first. And if you just start off with love, your prayer life is going to become more about relationship than results. Here's another one. Pray for others the most. This is one of the keys. You see, you see the story of, of, uh, uh, that, that he tells? Of, say a friend of yours has a friend that needs some bread. So what, the, what it is is a guy shows up and goes, I have a friend that needs some bread. Hey, I know who has some bread. I'm going to go ask someone for some bread. And so he goes to the person with the bread to say, will you give the bread to my friend? You see, what happens in, in, in the context of, of life is if you start to make praying for other people a centerpiece of your prayer, then the results are going to change because you're not going to be thinking about your results. You're going to be thinking about other people's livelihood. And then you're just going to develop this time with God. And it's basically like a mom and dad, if you will, who are just like hoping that things go well for their kids. And you have to work together. You're going, God, will you help them in this way? God, will you show them how much you love them? God, and then in the process of praying for others, your relationship develops with God. This week at, at, our, at our small group, we're studying uh, and we're looking at and having a conversation about the story of Jonah. And so we ended up this week and one of the guys in our group said, hey, why don't we take a minute to pray for someone in the group and not tell the person who you're praying for and just pray for them. And I have to tell you, it was such a great, wonderful idea because all this week, I, I've set my alarm for in the morning to pray for this one person whose name I drew out of a hat. And in the process of praying for this person, I am spending more time with God. My relationship with God is blossoming because I have someone else on my mind. And I'm going, you know what? It's not about me. It's about them. I want to love them. And I kind of hit this. You know, we all have Siri or some pseudo half-baked version that's an Android or whatever. But like, we all have that. And like, you can like go to your phone and say, remind me every day to pray. I mean, if you... If you if you're all about a relationship, and you may think that that sounds clinical or that doesn't make it real, but I'm telling you, all of you are busy, I'm busy, we're all busy, God is not busy, and he understands, like, he knows, like, you've got everything going on, would you make him a, bri a priority by putting him on your calendar? Like, that's okay. 
That's all right to be reminded, God, you're important. Remind me every single day that I need to build a relationship with you. Not that I'm going to wait until the fire happens or the challenge happens or the brokenness happens or the sickness happens or whatever it is. I want to build a relationship with you. So I'm going to talk to you every day. The people that I want to build relationships with, I put meetings in my calendar for. God, teach us to pray. Okay, here, I want you to pray all the time. Because I want a relationship with you, like a friend, like a father. Yesterday, I did a wedding for a dear friend. And uh, actually, I co-officiated. It's weird. We don't wear stripes or anything, but they call it officiating. I don't know. We, I officiated the wedding, it's, but I just wore a suit. Um, but like, I did this wedding, and at the reception, I got to talk to, to the mother of the groom. And I sat next to her. And I said, how has this process been for you? How are you doing? And she said, it's been really hard. I said, well, tell me about it. She says, you know, I've prayed my whole life for my son. I've prayed for him and his relationships. I've prayed for this day. I've prayed for the specifics of this wedding. I've prayed for the parents, you know, her parents. And it's nothing like I thought. But God answered my prayer. She said through this time of the, the biggest challenge she described was she loves her daughter-in-law, but it's so hard to let her son go from her to her to this new woman. So difficult. And so she said, I've prayed like even things like, can he just still be mine forever? And God's like, no, no. Now he's going to go and he's going to make a new life. And she even prayed that the weather would be nice. And if you weren't around yesterday, it snowed. But she sat right there at the table yesterday. And she said to me, God, help me through this. God met me. And what she described to me was this process, this relationship that she has. That she depends upon God. That she walks with God. And that the answers and the results and the product are not always what she thought. But that God grabbed her heart and grabbed her hand and walked her to the spot where after it was all said and done, she could go, God did this. And this is good. It's way more about relationship than results. Let's pray for a second together. God. I'm sorry that we've kind of missed this, that we've kind of missed um, the, the, this tension of, of wanting to just get things and wanting to just get things built or wanting to just get things solved or wanting to just get things healed or wanting to just get things right or wanting to just get what we want, God. We, we, we've, we've mixed and muddled up prayer to just becoming something of, of a result at the end of a process, God. But you're saying to us today, you just want a relationship with us. You just want to interact with us. You just want to talk to us. You just love us so much. We, just, we want to try to love you back the way that you want us to. I pray that today that our, our entire prayer lives would flip from a results-based prayer life to a relationship-based prayer life, that it would be continual, that it would not be dependent upon the outcome, but that it would be dependent upon walking with you through life, the way that you want to, the way that you walk with us. We love you today. We're here for you today. In Jesus' name, amen.